We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a Pack a Day podcast. Wherever you may be, and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I'm going to be your host on this Sunday, July tenth. We are. We're like 15 days away from the start of training camp. We are two weeks away. We are almost there. As I talked with Jimmy last week, still not a whole lot of news surrounding the Packers right now, which, as we talked about last week, not a bad thing as far as the time of year. It's We really don't want to be, you know, someone like Baker Mayfield finding out that uh, he played like 40 hours of Halo leading up to a Packers game. You know, I mean, you don't want things like that, even though they've shipped him out of Cleveland by now. Um, you know, it's just still, you're at that time of the year. You don't want a whole lot of news going around. I mean, probably the biggest news for the Packers this week was that weird ass tattoo that Aaron Rodgers got on his arm. I mean, hey, it, it's, I liked it. It, yes, Jimmy, it's a talking point. It's interesting. I have no idea what it means, but it I mean, doesn't if, matter. It, do, it doesn't matter what it, it doesn't have to mean anything to us. And it could make no well, sense right. if he actually explained it. Like you could sit down and he could explain it for four hours and you at the end of it still be like, I don't get it. But that's OK. As long as he likes it, that's all that matters. OK, but the real question to this, how long do you think it would take him to explain the whole thing over under hour and a half? Probably over an hour and a half, but that's fine. Like I, I'm okay with it. I mean, granted, cause that would just mean I get to talk to Aaron Rodgers for an hour and a half and even to just be in a room with him to just talk to him for an hour and a half would be incredible. I wouldn't ask him a single thing about the last two years, about the last it's 14 months or whatever it's been. I wouldn't do that until we were done talking about the tattoo because he seems like the type of guy that would just go into excruciating detail about every single pixel yep. of art on the thing he's like okay so these three dots right here mean this and that would be entertaining as all get out to me everybody that is in mainstream media is going to just talk about oh it's him being weird and this and that and the other but at the same time you're getting to listen to a guy who over the first majority of his career was pretty quiet and then over the last two years we've gotten to hear him be really open about it so i think it would be a lot of fun to hear him explain it but it would definitely take way longer than the average person would care to listen. Absolutely. This has, this has to be the weirdest, like one of the weirder 
off-season talking points, right? Like everyone, like I definitely posted on Twitter just because like, oh, it was cool. You got a tattoo. But like the way people are going in on it, I did not. I was like, wow, we really, this is a dry season for content because we are, people are actually talking and harping on what a man got tattooed on their body. I mean, it's just what people want to do with Aaron Rodgers now. They want a reason to talk about him and they don't have the, oh, he hates the Packers narrative. So they can, now they're just going to nitpick everything else he does. I mean, what every, did you not see everybody nitpick his new girlfriend, Blue, the, whatever her Blue name Lord is? Sky or something what, like yeah, that. Yeah, everybody had, Which everybody doctor? had something to say about that. Who cares, man? And, and then everybody had to say, oh, look, his girlfriend's definitely gotten to it with the new tattoo. And it's like, have you not paid attention to him for the last year where he has been saying all sorts of like otherworldly things and definitely sounds like a guy that like meditates and is big into all of that stuff and was doing that all before he ever met her. I think that we all gave Aaron Rodgers way too much credit and thought that he was a normal dude. And we're now realizing, Oh no, he, this dude is on his own planet and that's okay. But he, I think like everybody gives him way too much credit for thinking that he can be swayed so much i was like i think he's just an odd duck and that's okay yeah well i mean he's gonna be on the pat mcafee show again this year right like i would assume he was on there on tuesday was Mm -hmm. he did did he Uh, talk about it i i missed it i did did, i didn't have a tattoo i didn't know that he was on it until some i think it was zach jacobson i think tweeted something about it i can't it was either zach or somebody else i didn't know that rogers was even going to be on there until i saw somebody else tweeting about it and then by the time i saw it it was already it was too late he was off and i just forgot to go back and watch it so yeah no it was they he posted it after he was off the show already Okay, so I mean, this is definitely at some point going to come up the next time he's on the Pat McAfee show, right? Like, Pat's yeah. got to ask him, like, hey, explain the tattoo, and we'll probably just get a smile and, what, a brief a brief explanation of why people probably shouldn't care about what his tattoo is? I, I don't know. Some but. super. It'll be some super vague thing that doesn't actually explain anything, but he'll smirk and think that he explained something without explaining anything. Yeah, that's probably what we'll get. Yeah. So, uh, Jimmy Christensen, Gage Bridgeford joining me today on the show. Um, so we started off with, you know, some Packer news there. We got like, that's the leading headline for the Green Bay Packers right now, which I mean, again, like I've said, if that's the leading headline right now for the Packers, we're in a good spot. You know, we're not talking about, you know, early injuries. We're not talking about, you know, is Aaron Rodgers going to show up to training camp like we were last year? So, you know, it, it's a it's a dry spot. We're going through July. We're almost there. There's gonna be content, but it's one of those it's one of those weird places where we want something to talk about, but at the same time, like I'm glad I'm not sitting here talking about something like, oh, is Aaron Rodgers showing up for training camp or so and so, you know, hurt his knee and may miss like 10 weeks, you know. Glad we're not talking about it. So, um, Gage, Jimmy, you guys were listening to a podcast earlier this week where they were ranking the current coaches in the NFL. Um, And so we thought it might be fun just with not a whole lot going on um, to if it's a, we kind of we set it up as, as painting it as, you know, we're starting a brand new franchise and you've got to rank your choices of who you'd want for your head coach for your team. And we just, we were going to do our top five for each of us. Um, so we'll go through that. And we, we, I know all three of us, uh, we have an honorable mention. I think Gage might have two honorable mentions for his list, but um, 
Jimmy, why don't you go ahead and start us off here? We'll get the list kicked off. So um, you're starting a brand new franchise. You've got your your pick of coaches. Who would be your top choice right now, currently with the way the NFL sits for their head coaches to be your head coach for your new franchise? So is this my honorable mention or is this my number five? I say go oh, honorable mention first. Okay. Okay, so we'll start honorable mention, work our way to one. My honorable mention, uh, fanboy in me, uh, I'm going Matt LaFleur. Uh, he was, I had him written down at number five. I crossed him out for a man crush that I have, uh, that I will mention in a little bit, but LaFleur three seasons in a row, uh, 13 wins. He's made it to the NFC championship twice. Obviously last year we had that dud against the 49ers, but my biggest thing was Aaron Rodgers played horribly in that, which I don't know. There's, that's a different debate and topic I'm sick of talking about, but LaFleur's done really well changing the offensive round from the Mike McCarthy era. Uh, now we're a run heavy or a, a, we're bringing in the run. We have the play action based off that going to, from the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan system. Um, he really is a product of that. And I think he, he does really well getting players to buy into the system and the floor. You, you can't knock his track record. He's had 13 wins in all his season. So he's definitely a great head coach and he'd be great to start a franchise with. All right, Gage, you've got, uh, you've got two sitting there, don't you? Yeah, I uh, I lied. I have three honorable mentions. I just kept looking at them, and every time I would look, there was another guy that I was like, oh, this guy's definitely got to be on the list. And so my first honorable mention is Andy Reid. I love Andy Reid. And if this was a, hey, we need this coach for this season, Andy Reid's on the list. But at 64, he was the oldest of the eight coaches that I had. And I'm not really... Yeah, I, like I said, I had three honorable mentions, so that's six, seven, eight. That's where my eight coaches are. So he was on there. Um, I had Kyle Shanahan as one of my one of my honorable mentions. Uh, I think he's a great coach, but I think he's got his flaws, and I think he comes up short in a few areas. And I think that there's just other guys that are better. And then this is one that I actually made while we were while you were introing. Um, Frank Reich slipped just outside of my top five. Um, I love Frank Reich. I think that he has gotten a short straw that um that just and that ryan grigson broke andrew luck if ryan grigson doesn't gm for the colts frank reich is looked at as one of the top three coaches in the nfl right now because andrew luck doesn't retire but instead andrew luck was so beat up and retired i get like one season with andrew luck had his best season of his career was healthy never got hurt had a great offensive line everything was going well they came up short but again it was their first year with a head coach so you're gonna kind of have that they didn't have Jonathan Taylor yet, et cetera. So that's where, so Frank Reich, just outside of my top five, I literally switched that as we were introing. All right. So I, I just have a real quick question for you, Gage. I just want to make sure I heard you right. Did you say that Andy Reid was the oldest coach of your oh. eight that you had there? Yep. So that At tells 64. me something very All of my coaches are young. All of my Tell coaches me. are younger than 64, which Andy Reid's one of the like three oldest coaches in the NFL. So I'm not telling hmm. you much. Well, you're, you're telling me that Bill Belichick is not on your list, and I, I'm sure it's because of age. Starting just, a franchise. Right. That's That was the whole thing. We were like yep. That's why we said at the beginning, if we were starting a franchise with coaches, Bill Belichick is 70 years old. In case yep. you guys are unaware, that's old. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm not starting a franchise with Bill Belichick. I think that he is the GOAT coach. Uh, I am lucky enough to have been born and lived in the era to watch the greatest coach of all time and the great the greatest winning quarterback of all time play be together no he's not the greatest quarterback of all time not getting into that argument today but they were together and i got to witness that 
Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. But if I'm starting a franchise today, like you, somebody said, hey, Gage, you got to start a franchise in random place, USA. What coach are you getting? You can have anybody you want. Bill Belichick is not even in my top eight. He's not even out. He's not even top 10. He might be like 13th. Interesting. All right. Well, hopefully I'm not the only one with him on my list then. Uh, <laughs> you you uh, are the only one with him on your list. I'm pretty sure Jimmy doesn't have him. No, I do. Uh, I do. He's just uh, not, okay. not, not I, the top guy on my list. Well, so, you made that mistake, Jimmy, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so my honorable mention is also I'm, I'm with Jimmy. Uh, Matt LaFleur was my honorable mention as well. Um, you know, he's been great in his first couple seasons with the Packers. Um, there's really not a whole lot against him. Uh, but one of the things that I always personally do is, you know, like obviously being a Packers fan, it's always easier to look at your team and your coaches, you know, with just a little bit more than, you know, maybe, it, maybe it's just a little bit of bias. Um, so it's always harder for me to um, necessarily put my own. It's just a personal thing with me to always think that my players, my coaches, whatever are, you know, top tier. So um, he's he's a great coach. Um you know, Gage, just in the conversation that we had, um, my number five is Bill Belichick and he's number five. Literally the only reason I have him at five is because of his age. So that's one of those things where I could easily flip flop those two um, as far as, you know, having LaFleur be the younger coach. Um, but uh, yeah, Matt LaFleur, my, my honorable mention at number six. And then obviously uh, I just, I just spilled it. Uh, my number five is Bill Belichick. Uh, I know he's 70 years old, but um, you know, greatest coach of all time. It's if he's still willing to coach and if he's still coaching right now, and if he was, you know, I mean, everything that he did with, you know, Mac Jones as a rookie, um, he's clearly got the ability to, you know, especially too. like, if you're starting off a new franchise, like getting players is, you know, going to be tricky in the first year but I mean if you can get the right coach and get that franchise you know on the right track maybe he's only there for five years and you turn the reins over but you know one of the most important things I feel for you know if you're starting a franchise make them relevant you know you're brand new nobody cares about you so how do you make your team relevant well winning's the easiest way to do that and it doesn't mean that if he's your coach that you're you know going to be going to the Super Bowl in year one or two but I mean there's going to be intrigue there and he's going to make your team, you know, probably pretty good. You know, we've only really seen him, you know, as far as success wise. I mean, he spent most of his career in New England and that's gone well for him. But, you know, he's definitely I consider to be the greatest coach of all time. So he's got to be on my list. So, um, Jimmy, I know you you've got him on your list somewhere, but who's number five for you, Jimmy? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, this is where this is where my man crush comes in. And he is a good head coach. Uh, he's made the playoffs all the years he's been there. They were the number one seed last year with their best player being hurt. I went with Mike Vrabel. Uh, I love the man. I think he also hearing the stuff I like uh, Lawan says about him, Will Compton, just he's a player's coach. He gets everyone revved up. He gets them all on the same page. He's motivating. Uh, I still love the thing he did against the Ravens when they were on the logo and the Ravens got all mad about it. And Vrabel came out and started yelling at Harborough. Like that stuff. If I was one of his coach or one of his players, I'd run through a wall for the man. Uh, I think he'll get them on the right track. He'll get them. It'll be a tough football team to face. Like we see the Titans right now. Ryan Tannehill, I don't think is that great of a quarterback, but he's in a strong system to make him appear to be a competent quarterback. Like he's not as bad as he was in Miami, but he's on a system right now that's making him do well. Um, it's going to be a, a run-heavy team, but Vrabel, like I said, you're going to be tough, hard-nosed, get everyone on the same page. He's like a Dan Campbell on steroids. He's a successful Dan Campbell. Like those two give off similar vibes, but Vrabel I think actually has like – a little more technique to him than Dan Campbell does with his yelling about biting off kneecaps. Like they get their players to fight. And I think that's a, that's a good quality to have, especially if you're starting a team. I, I, I think Brable's a decent option. Uh, I didn't, like I said, I didn't have him on my list. I didn't even have him under my honorable mentions. I probably could, I could have, but I just, and if we had done like a top 10, he would have definitely been in there. I just, I will say about the whole getting on the logo thing. If I remember right, didn't the Titans do it first? And that was the whole beef there was yeah. that like the Titans. Okay. So, so as far as I'm concerned, the Titans getting mad is just soft. I mean, you got like that. You did it first and they did it back to you. So they you get mad be, about that. I mean, you, you're <laughs> soft. Like, it, like I didn't, I didn't know they got that upset. I'm not, I'm with you. If you did it first, then they, they do it back to you. You guys played each other. It's a, a little rivalry. Harbaugh there. didn't yell at Vrabel when, but Vrabel had no problem going out and yelling at Harbaugh. Like Harbaugh was like, look, let's go ahead and be mature, move on from it. And then that's, that's all I'm getting at. I, like I said, I, I think Vrabel's a good coach. You were, you're right. He is a player's coach. He gets the most out of his guys. We've seen that with guys being in Tennessee and then leaving Tennessee and Roger Saffold does not look great in Tennessee. He was really good with the LA. I think Vrabel has gotten a lot out of guys like Derrick Henry and Tannehill, who I always thought was going to break out in Miami. He never did. I know that as a guy that drafted him in fantasy, like every year for four years. <laughs> Uh, my, but we'll go ahead and we've gotten both of you guys number five and this is my switch that I made it's Sean Bay and the there's there's one reason that I don't have him number one on this list and it's the fact that I don't know that he's going to stay if you could tell me hey Sean McVay is going to coach guaranteed for the next 15 years might not always be with my franchise but he's going to coach next 15 years guaranteed he'd be number one on my list no doubt but the problem is the, I he could easily leave at any time. There was a, there was rumors he was going to retire this offseason. And there could just be that those were rumors and didn't matter and they weren't anything. Obviously, it's clear that it was just a rumor. He's still coaching. But I can't guarantee if I have, I have to worry about him leaving and waffling every other offseason like he's Brett Favre in his prime. I just – I don't want it. That's the only reason that he's not higher. Like that is – he has been a great offensive coach. He just led his team to a Super Bowl. He's got a – set. he's won 70% of his games in the playoffs. He's got a 67.9% win rate. 
which is 10th all time among qualified coaches. Um, that's better than Bill Belichick. Obviously, Bill Belichick has coached much longer, but he's got he's been great. And he did it with Jared Goff. He's now doing it with Matt Stafford. He just is winning with a model that no one else has ever won with and with the ability to do the stars and scrubs thing. He's and he's able to coach up guys like Cooper Cup was somebody nobody really thought of. He was third round pick out of Eastern Washington, if I remember right. And then he just went and won the wide receiver triple crown last year. So yeah. and also his tree is everywhere. Like he's got co- his coaching tree is all over the place. I know that I have at least one of his coaches on my list today. And unlike the Bill Belichick tree, the Sean McVay tree is doing very well, even though we all thought Zach Taylor was going to be fired la- before last season. But oh, yeah. between, if he had a dud but, year this year, he would have been gone. But so, yeah, Sean McVay, the only reason he's not higher is just because I don't know that he's going to coach anymore. But still, yeah. that's why like I had to put him on the list because he's he's still only 36. Yeah. So. And especially with that now, with the deals that people are getting to be in the booth, like that has to be tempting for a head coach. You're like, oh, way less work and I get paid way more. Yeah. Like, why not? But yeah, that is the only reason he's not higher is just because he might leave. If you could, like I said, if you guaranteed he's going to be there 15 years, he's number one. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I've got Sean McVay on my list and I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Cause I forgot that, <clears throat> excuse me. I forgot that the, they had those rumors and, um, yeah, that's, it's making me re I'm, I'm not going to edit my list on the fly here, but that's, uh, I didn't even think about that. So yeah, that's, that is a good consideration. Um, Jimmy, let's go to you. Who's, who's number four on your list? Uh, see, this is where I have Bill Belichick. I have him at number four, kind of going to the same points. He's old, but like Nick said, what's the best way to get your franchise on the map winning. And it, it obviously is not going to be like him and Tom Brady going to the Super Bowl every year, every other year that it felt like, like, He's going to get you relevant. He's going to play to the strengths of the players. We saw that with that game where against Buffalo, where they literally threw the ball like five times, like he's, he's or three times. He's going to adjust it. Yeah. Three times. He's going to adjust it to whatever's going to make the team win. And he's going to make them relevant. Even if it's going nine and eight, the first year or eight and nine, like that's look at the Texans. They're still not relevant. They're the newest team in the league. And they've had barely, a, they had a few years when they made the playoffs. Um, and now they have Lovey Smith and a po- possibly a lawsuit against them because of the Sean Watson thing. Like it, it's just a, a cluster of a, of a franchise. So bring Bill Belichick along, get you on the right track right away. I think that's the best move to do. All right. Gage, who do you have number four on your list? Number four, I had John Harbaugh. Um, Harbaugh has been good for a long time. He's been, uh, see, he's coached for uh, he's gone to the playoff he's gone to the playoffs he's 11 and 8 in the playoffs he's won a super bowl he's won an afc championship he's won four and an afc north titles he's got nine playoff berths he's won an ap coach of the year probably could argue he's won more than that he's been there since 2008 so he's been there through multiple regimes uh in terms of like he had joe flacco and then and won a super bowl with him he's got now lamar and completely show and he showed that he can completely overhaul his system depending on who he's got so if i got a guy that Hey, I got to bring you in and I need you to come and just change what, whatever system you run, because we don't have the guy you had. I can have confidence that he can do that. Um, at 59, he is, he's the oldest of the five coaches that I have on this list. And like I said, I put age pretty highly in my consideration here, just from the standpoint of it matters in terms of starting a franchise, but I still think that he, uh, shows youth. He shows vigor. Um, I think that he is going to be able to adapt. Also, I like the fact that he has a He's not just an offensive-minded guy. He's a special teams coordinator. Uh, 
at his roots. He's got, I know that he knows defense well. He's got defensive minded coaches that can he can bring with him. So that's why I got Harbaugh on this list. And also, you said winning matters. He's got it. He's 0.609 win rate uh, for his career. He's 34th all time among qualified coaches. Um, so, and he's also done that over the course of 14 years. So unlike Sean McVay, he's got a little more tenure under his belt in terms of, Hey, I'm bringing a winning culture here because this is what I've done. He had a few down years in the middle where Flacco kind of floundered and whatnot, but I think that he can bring uh winning to wherever we're starting a team. Yeah. He was number seven on my list. He, he was, he was high up there. He's, he's a great coach. I had him all over my list while I was making it. I wasn't sure where <laughs> I was going to put him. And then I was like, you know what? He's 59. I'm going to put these other younger guys ahead of him. Yeah, John Harbaugh is definitely a great coach. I like the Harbaugh's as far as like their their personality, both of them. I know they don't uh, – I know especially with um, Jim Harbaugh being in San Francisco, I know Packer fans don't necessarily like him for a lot of different reasons. But like I just like the mentality that both of them have as coaches. Um, whether or not you like them as individuals is a different question, but just the way they approach the game and their teams, I, I personally really like their mentalities that they have, which is John Harbaugh is on my list. Um, and, uh, that's, that's one of the big reasons why he is on my list. So, uh, my number four though, um, probably after just the conversations that we had, I'm, I'm willing to bet at this point. I'm the only one with him on my list. I know he's not on Gage's list. I don't think he's going to be on Jimmy's list. Um, I know he's 64, but I have Andy Reid on my list. Um, he's been a solid, consistent coach throughout his career, um, Philadelphia and in Kansas City. Um, I know that right now it's easy for him to look great when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. But, I mean, if that's going to be your argument as to why he's great, then I'm just going to sit and say that Matt LaFleur is only good because Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback. So, I mean, you can make that argument, you know, all day long. He was good with Alex Smith, who, I mean, Alex Smith was, you know, he's a he's a Better than I, I think he's better than what most people gave him credit for throughout his career. It wasn't as stable um, as you know he would have liked it to be, but I mean he he took the Chiefs from kind of irrelevant and you know from when he took over in Kansas City and made them good. And I mean you know he made what four or five straight NFC title games with the Eagles. I know he what only won one of those. Um, that he was there for. Um, but, you know, he's been consistent. He's He's been a really good coach. And, I mean, um, I know at 64, if, I, if I'm putting Bill Belichick on there at 70, um, I couldn't put him any higher than four because of his age. But, you know, if he's definitely – if he's going to be around for the next, you know, four, five, six, seven years, you know, till he's into his early 70s, um, I think he's a great coach to have, uh, to have there at number four. Yeah, he's not on my list, but he is – the track record speaks for himself. He's – He's one with pretty much everyone revitalized Michael Vick's career. So I'm always happy about that. Yeah. You, and like you said, he was like, he was great with Alex Smith. He was great with, he's been great, obviously with Patrick Mahomes. He was good with Donovan McNabb, Vick, whatever. So uh, yeah, no, I have no qualms about Reed. It ultimately the only, like I said, the only reason he didn't make my list was age like 64. He's older. Um, and there's also, I know there's been kind of some rumors in the last couple of years that maybe he might not stick around. I think that everybody's kind of agreed that as long as Mahomes is there, he's going to be there. But at the same time, when you're 64 years old, it doesn't take much. And you've made, he's made money. He's won Super Bowls. He's got all the accolades. He's got all the stuff. He could just wake up one day after the season's over. And it's like, you know what? No, I'm not coming back. I'm done. So that's, but in terms of offensive designers, there's been he's been the guy of the last 20 years and like McVay's been great and all the other guys have been great but Reed has been the guy he did it with Smith McNabb Vic 
Mahomes. They've all been different. I will say about Alex Smith, is Jimmy Garoppolo the new Alex Smith? It could just be the fact that they both played for San Francisco, but like guys that were drafted, they were fine. They're not great. And then they got replaced by a younger, more athletic guy. And they just kind of were like, yeah, sure, I'll go ahead and I'll be the pro and I'll just show up, do my job, go home. Not really complain about it in the media or anything like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure I wasn't the only one with that realization. Jimmy, who's you got three? (laughs) Uh, My three, I have Kyle Shanahan for this one. Uh, As you mentioned, he definitely, he's, he has his, he has his flaws, but he is a really strong offensive coach and kind of your point that you made with John Harborough is like, he does well with bringing on people with him. Like we saw with Robert Sala, he's able to bring on people that he's a deep, Robert Sala was a great defensive coordinator. Uh, even this past year, their defense was strong. Obviously they have good pieces yeah, around Ryan that. Yeah, Ryan's really good. Shout out that, like to people that are listening right now. D'Amico Ryan's the, that, that is the current DC of San Francisco, right? I remember uh, right. Probably. I think it's I'm I'm almost positive it's D'Amico. If it's not him, it's somebody else who's I know is really good. He got the most out of he, what he had last yeah. year, and that okay, yeah, he deserves the credit, and he will be a head coach next season. Like unless the 49ers defense just becomes last and can't tackle anybody, he will be a head coach next year. There's no doubt about it. But go ahead, Jimmy. Well, I was to say, but that's the thing. Like, yeah, he's an offensive minded head coach, but he brings on the people that need to take care of his defense. And he's done that during his tenure there, even when Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt and he's not that great of a quarterback. And he was still able, obviously he beat our Packers in the playoffs. He got them way farther than people thought. And probably they should have been, uh, they got to an NFC championship game the last, what, two out of three years. Uh, he had that whole season where they're playing, playing second and third string at quarterback. Like he, he finds a way to win. Uh, even if it's mediocre or game manager quarterbacks, like we said, Jimmy Garoppolo is the new Alex Smith. His best quality is being a game manager, which isn't bad, but then you need to have the pieces around him to do that. Then Debo Samuel was incredible last year. A lot of that is because of Kyle Shanahan's system. Um, so I think he just, he puts his team in positions to win. Does he have his flaws? Yeah. People think he's overrated. Jacob Westendorf. Uh, but he's, he's a good coach and I would definitely love to start a franchise with him. Yeah, he's definitely a coach that I know Packer fans for many different reasons don't like, but um, I personally don't have him on my list. But I mean, as far as being, um, you know, youthful, um, you know, if you're starting a franchise, I could definitely see it. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have any qualms with him being a coach. Um, I just know that there's a lot of Packer fans and Jacob Westendorf probably is one of those that doesn't like him because as of right now, it seems that he beats us when it matters more than than not. And I'm sure that's one of the bigger reasons why many Packer fans don't think highly. Oh, yeah. Of I'd, never liked, I'd never like seeing the 49ers on our upcoming week. Like they, it seems like they just have our ticket. I know we beat them during the regular season this past year with the last second field goal, but it just seems like when it matters, somehow the 49ers just really uh know what to do i don't want to talk about it too much so i'm gonna start crying no but uh they, <laughs> i didn't have Sh- i didn't have shanahan on my list I had him i had him as an honorable mention but anybody that questions his credentials it's like hey he has like the record for most passing yards in a quarterback's like first five games and it's nick mullins was the guy so i'm like i'm so i'm going to like i tip the cap to him like i said i didn't have him on my list because i think he comes up short in a few areas and I'm going to continue to say that. And I, I don't think he's, I'm not Jacob Westendorf. I don't think he's that overrated, but I definitely didn't have him in my top five. I did have one of his disciples though. I have Matt LaFleur at three. I am the only person on the pack a day podcast with a Packer coach in the top five here. And I think LaFleur deserves to be there. Uh, LaFleur through his first three seasons is has 13 wins in all three of them. That is good enough for a uh, 79% win rate. Uh, 
if this was if he had if he had the qualify or qualification qualification for the enough games, he would be number one all time in terms of wins or like winning percentage by coaches. Uh, the number one right now is Guy Chamberlain, who won, had a 78% win rate uh, over the course of six years. Matt LaFleur has time and time again done everything that he can with what he's given. Uh, I didn't agree with his special teams decisions, but he has went out and he made an adjustment this offseason to where if this doesn't work, maybe it's, it, maybe it's not Sean Mc, or it's not Matt LaFleur at this point. Like he went out and was like, okay, fine. You guys want a head coach that, or you want a special teams coach that knows what he's doing? I went and got the guy. I got the guy. Everybody on Packer Twitter wanted. I got the, I got the one. Okay, I didn't get the defensive coordinator you guys wanted, but I went and got a guy. I went and got the guy that you wanted. So if it's if it doesn't work this year, it's not his fault anymore because now he's done what he was supposed to do. Uh, but in terms of offense, yeah, Jordan Love struggled. I'm not concerned about that. And anybody that and we Nick, you and I talked about it on. Uh, the podcast in the last couple of months where that was not fair. Jordan love was in a bad situation on the road against a defense coordinator who thrives with chaos and love was not set up for success. And that wasn't LaFleur's fault. That was just a bad spot and he was not going to be successful, but LaFleur consistently doesn't matter who is out there on the field. He figures out a way to put his team in positions to win. It helps to have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But like you said, I'm not going to knock him because Rodgers is there. Just like you're not going to knock Reed because Mahomes is there. Reed's done it longer, but LaFleur is 42. So he's the youngest of the five guys that I have on this list. He, so I have plenty of longevity there. He has won three straight years. He, I think he is a player's coach, but I think he does it differently than a guy like Vrabel or Dan Campbell. They do it with like big, they're big, rowdy, rambunctious guys. Obviously, they're both former NFL players, but LaFleur, I think just, I think players love playing for him because of like he, like it helps that he's younger but he can just sit there and relate to him. I don't think I've ever heard a guy come out and have something bad to say about LaFleur in the three years that he's been here. And I don't see that changing. Like he got the, he got Aaron Rodgers, who everybody was like, Oh, there's no way Rodgers is coming back. He's definitely leaving. Rodgers came back and won another freaking MVP. So apparently Rodgers isn't that pissed because he came back. Rodgers could have just not shown up, but he did. So I think LaFleur is young. I think he's an offensive mind that can innovate with whatever weapons he has. I mean, he's undefeated without Devontae Adams. Everybody's like, oh, Devontae Adams going, he can't win. Well, they've done it every time. Every time Devontae's been out, he's won. Last year with a rotating casted offensive line, he figured it out. He just found a way to make it work. That credit to Brian Gutekinds for setting him up with good backups. But at a certain point, the coach has to get some credit, damn it. Stop trying to get stop trying to just give everybody else credit and just give some to the guy that's calling the plays and is down on the sidelines and doing it every week. So I got LaFleur on here because he's just I think he's only going to get better. And I think everybody's gonna like everybody gives him some credit, but as we saw today with you two, you didn't give him enough credit. He was number six, but he wasn't top five. He wasn't and he's <laughs> he's three for me. I had him, I had him two, and I moved him down one spot for a different guy. So LaFleur's on there. Um, and I think that if we do the same exercise next year, I think that he will be in your guys' list because he'll have, give you another year of saying, what else do you have to doubt me about? Because I've done it, it again. Devontae Adams yeah. is gone. Cool. We went and we're great on offense again. If it wasn't for my man crush on Vrabel, he would have been five. I had him there. I crossed him out for Mike Vrabel. I switched those two from honorable mention. But no, he is a great head coach, I think. And part of me wonders too how much of it is like when everyone gives the Packers uh, slack for at times seeming like they abandon the run. How much is that of his play calling and how much is that of what's being changed at the line of scrimmage? Like, cause that it, like Rogers 
is going to change place. Every quarterback in the NFL changes place. That's their job. They're on the field well, at that time. Certain ones yeah. have more freedom than others. Yeah, certain ones have more freedom. Rogers has Rogers no has that freedom. Yeah, yeah. And so, how much is that Lafleur calling the plays, and how much of that is Rogers is thinking? No, I can make a play right here with Devontae. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of goes on from there and after the Aaron Rodgers career, because we really probably only have a couple more seasons of that. So uh, time will tell with him. I think he is a great head coach. He will probably be in my top five next year because they will win the Super Bowl this year, obviously. Um, but uh, well, well, yeah, I mean, based on what Gage said, uh, Devontae Adams isn't there anymore. So, I mean, they're going to go 17-0. and win Oh, that's every right. Playoff. Jimmy, you weren't even here for that. A couple weeks ago, I did the math and saw that teams without Devontae Adams have actually won the Super Bowl every single year that he's been in the league. So, therefore, by that math, the Raiders can be fully eliminated from the Super Bowl contention. Analytics. It, it's, it's simple math, really. Like, teams without Devontae Adams have won the Super Bowl every year that he's been in the league. Teams with Devontae Adams have not won the Super Bowl since he's been in the league. Yeah. So by that math, I mean, the math checks out. And hashtag yep. analytics out here. I mean, it's it's really at this point, it's pretty much scientific. Like it's, it's a formality, honestly. You know, like I don't even know why they're playing the games if we're being real here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I agree. I Matt Lafleur, I love him, um, and I, I do think Gage that you're right. If we did this a year from now, he'd probably be in my top five. Um, and and really, the one thing that I will go off of gauge of what you said of just giving him credit. I mean, there is something for me the way I view, especially with the way everybody looks at drama. I mean, you know, when he was first hired, there was that rumor. Um, I, I think it's since been dispelled, but that Mark Murphy called Aaron Rodgers, you know, right after Lafleur was hired and told him, "Don't be the problem." And even if that's not true, like there's that perception that Matt Lafleur can't control from the outside. And then everything that they went through last year, um, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, saying that he wanted out of Green Bay, the fact that he handled you know, all of the, the off the field drama that went on with Aaron, um, the fact that they have a great relationship um, and that he, you know, they haven't let it become a distraction clearly speaks to, you know, the kind of coach that he is as far as, you know, the outside noise, you know, everybody always says, don't let the outside, outside noise in, but like to say it is one thing to do it and, you know, actually keep it out and just focus on football is a completely different thing. And Matt LaFleur certainly through his, you know, short career with the Packers has done that. So um, one of the, last thing on that, one of the big things too for that offseason was Rogers multiple, every time, never blame LaFleur. Never, whenever he said he liked being there, he liked the players, he liked the coaches. He never threw LaFleur under the bus. It was always front office stuff he had problems with. And I and Rogers at that point, how vocal he's being. If he had a problem with the floor, he was going to say he had a problem with the floor, in my yep. mind at least. So for him to for Rogers only to praise him, I think just shows he has everyone in that organization on his side. Mm -hmm. Well, my number three here, um, I've got John Harbaugh at number three. Um, Gage, I know you had him at four. Um, like I said, when we talked about, you know, the Harbaugh's, I really like their their mentality. John Harbaugh, I really like his mentality. Um, you know, he's been a solid, consistent coach for what, the 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 fifteen ish years that he's been. Um 
you know, with the with the Ravens, they're they're consistently a good, solid, well-coached team. Even in the years when they haven't been, you know, a playoff team or competing, they don't look like a bad, disorganized team. They they always seem like they have their stuff together. Even if they're not winning games, they kind of know what's going on. And I mean, I know Harbaugh took a lot of flack this past year for what the two or three times that he went for two point conversions at the end of games that more than likely would have won them the game if they had been successful. I know he caught a lot of flack for that, but I mean, the reality is he only he's only catching flack for it because it didn't turn out the way that they wanted it to. If if you flip that and those two or three times that he did it and they they win games because of it, we you know we'd be calling him a genius for for what he for what he's doing trying to win games. So I mean, there is that perception, but and I can also understand that people argue well the sign of a good coach is you know kind of knowing your team and maybe do you put your team in that situation? But I know at least two of those times, you know, it was kind of they were in situations where they probably at the point in the game weren't favored to necessarily win it. And it's like, all right, well, this is our best chance. Kind of like, kind of like in '15 when the Packers played the Cardinals in in the divisional round of the playoffs after that hail mary. I know everybody said, well, based on what you got going on, just go for two and try to win it in regulation. They didn't do that, but um, I think John Harbaugh is a great coach. Um, obviously, at 59, he's again still up there a little bit in age, like Gage had pointed out. But I think he's a solid, consistently well well rounded coach who's always got his team prepared they don't ever seem unprepared um since he's been the coach so i've got john harbaugh at three um jimmy let's go back to you uh we're getting into the top two here now who's your number two i went with mike tomlin for number two uh i think he's one of the best if not the best player coach in the nfl he has led the steelers to not having a single losing season under his regime as head coach and also he's been playing with a shell of himself of Ben Roethlisberger the last however many seasons uh and, and the biggest thing and they mentioned this on the ringer podcast too of like he made Antonio Brown look like a normal human for all the years he was with Pittsburgh and then finally they were like okay we'll trade him and we see how that went can't stick on a team uh he he takes players and he buys them and he gets them into the system everyone that has ever left Mike Tomlin has only had good things to say about him and obviously he's able to put in a winning team have they been very successful the last few seasons of being like actual contenders? No, but looking at their roster last year, I really think if you would put some of some different coaches in charge of the Steelers the last few seasons, there's no chance they would have had a winning record. Nine and seven for the Steelers last year with Ben Roethlisberger, probably a little bit better than my grandma Judy, like is impressive for them to be able to win nine games. Uh, and now, especially with the commitment, I, the defense is always good for that team. I was going to say for this coming season too with Najee Harris and everything, like just seeing how they're going to do with this team. I think Tomlin is a great person to start a franchise around because they are all are going to come together. And I really do think having a player coach at the start to get everyone bought in and playing their best is one of the top things you can do. Absolutely, Jimmy. And I, I got to agree with you. I have Mike Tomlin as well as my number two coach. Um, and for a lot of the same reasons as you pointed out, but I mean, you know, you, you think about Antonio Brown, the fact that, I mean, he was apparently the way he's always been, you know, even in Pittsburgh. And we didn't find out about it until after he left Pittsburgh. And and I know it's it's a far less thing, but you know, when when Le'Veon Bell was there as well, he apparently wasn't, you know, as as happy as as it turned out to be. I mean, you know, you had Roethlisberger, Bell, and Antonio Brown all on the same team. 
And I mean, we looked at them as just like the royalty that we typically do look at them as. And like nobody knew any of the craziness that was going on inside that locker room. And, and he the- dealt with Juju, all those damn TikToks. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how he held Okay. Juju gets way more flack than that than he deserves. I know. No, no, if you're no, dancing, nobody, no, nobody gave a shit until they lost. No one cared. No one. Said I still think it's word. annoying. If but you would, fine. if you would see a Packer player dance on other teams' logos before the game, I know Jamal Williams danced before games. Completely different, but like the dancing on the logos, and then the the uh, no, that was Antonio Brown that did the in locker room recording. But yeah, mm-hmm. I just think there's times, especially when after you lose. Maybe don't post a video of you dancing. Maybe take well, a little time off, especially if it's running T base wrong. He was doing that all year. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. he posted those TikToks every week, all season long. Teammates in it, dancing on the logo before every. He did that all year long. Nobody said a word. Not Stephen A. Not Skip Bayless. Not any of those other clowns said a word until well, they're all Pittsburgh clowns. lost. I, I know what I said. Nope. They're all clowns. All the ones that had a problem with it didn't say a word until they lost because that's what everybody does. Everybody wants to be like, oh, hindsight 2020. Now you didn't have a problem with it when Pittsburgh was rolling people 30 to nothing in week two. You only said something once they lost. I get the aspect of the annoying thing. I honestly don't think Tomlin had an issue with it until until it became a became master thing. And he's and he's yeah. like, he's like, hey, how about we chill out? Like, I'm sure yeah. Tomlin's like, I don't care. Right. Let's chill out, though. Well, and but I mean, I think that that speaks, though, to Tomlin in the sense that Mike Tomlin had to have known the entire time that Juju Smith was doing that. That, like, oh, yeah, well, no, what, 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 what I was going to say is that, like, yeah, okay, like, we're winning right now, nobody cares. But Tomlin was also, he's got to be smart enough to know that, like, if things start, if we start losing, like, it's going to become an issue, and it did become an issue, and he still handled it very, very well, I feel like. Um, yeah, it j- just more speaks to it that he he had to have known it was going to become a problem at some point. Um, and the fact that, you know, when it did become a problem, like you said, Gage, he was just kind of like, can, can we all chill out here? You know, like, yeah, because like he was he would do TikToks in the locker room with teammates. Like he yeah. I'm sure Tomlin was like, I don't care. And I'm sure even when Tomlin at the like when Juju stopped doing it, Tomlin was probably like, I don't care, dude. It's it doesn't matter. You're just having fun. I get that. I don't care at all. Just let's go ahead and chill out on it, just so that way everybody else shuts up about it because it it doesn't need to be a thing. I don't think way, it matters Tomlin until a, like. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh, I was go gonna ahead. say I don't think it matters until one national media. I don't think it cares. Like you said, Skip, yeah, Stephen A. They're clowns. Like, but when your fan base starts getting annoyed about it, that's kind of when it's like, okay, we probably should chill out a little bit. Especially like you said, no one cares about anything if you're winning. Like no one yep. does. It doesn't matter if it's dancing. It doesn't matter if whatever it is. No one cares when you're winning. But when you start losing, everything becomes under a microscope. So if yeah. that's a little I mean, no one wanted do, to pay attention to the fact that Ben was a absolute shell and couldn't do anything. No one wanted to pay attention to that. No, it's definitely Juju dancing. That's the that's the issue. I was like, you guys are idiots. <laughs> By the way, Tomlin is a guy that I almost overlooked, and then he ended up being. We'll get to him in a minute. For me, he's number one on my list. We, wait, he, you mean I? I almost overlooked him. I almost overlooked him, and but I and then I was like, wait a minute, Mike Tomlin exists. That's number one on my list. <laughs> So, so Gage, who's number two on your list? Um, I have Sean McDermott, who I'm kind of surprised I haven't heard you guys mention him yet. Uh, not even as an honorable mention. Um, Sean McDermott has been he's great. He's been he's been great in uh, Buffalo. He's gotten Josh Allen to where Josh Allen is now a 
borderline MVP candidate every year. I believe he is either the favorite or I think he's either the favorite or top three uh, for MVP uh, odds right now across all sports books. He uh, McDermott's only 48. So I love that. He is the second youngest coach on my, or actually third youngest coach. Cause I forgot I switched McVay in there. So third youngest coach. Um, he actually hand selected his GM. I don't know if you guys knew that fact. Yeah. No, Brandon not. Bean did not pick Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott picked Brandon Bean. That that doesn't happen most of the time. That is the case in Buffalo, and um, Brandon Bean's done pretty damn well up in Buffalo as far as GM GMing goes. Um, <clears throat> McDermott, uh, he is he knows how to get good offensive guys and good offensive play callers because he's a defensive minded guy. The Bills defense has been great. Uh, pretty much every year that he's been there. I love their secondary. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer has become, was a guy that was a cast off. Like I believe he was either a UDFA or a seventh round pick for Cleveland. And then was a cast off from there. And then Buffalo picked him up. And then now he's a like all pro safety for the last like three or four years, all under McDermott. So um, he knows how to get the most out of his guys. And as far, and he's always a fire, he's always a fiery dude. He should have gone to, a Super Bowl because I think that Buffalo rolls Cincinnati. I think if Buffalo plays Cincinnati, I think they roll them. But they didn't. He got beat by a coin flip because it's the way the NFL needs to decide games is by a piece of metal in the middle of a grass field. Um, <clears throat> but but yeah, Sean McDermott absolutely is uh, is great. Uh, I love watching him coach too, just because he gives a shit. Like he, he's passionate. He's sitting there fighting against Bill Belichick, who we've all agreed is the greatest coach of all time. Hey, Sean. Yeah. You're going to be a first time head coach. You're going to have a rookie quarterback who is country strong. Doesn't know, does just whips fastballs all over the place. And um, you get to go against Bill Belichick twice a year. Have freaking fun, dude. And he's done it. So that's where I'm Sean McDermott got two for me. I will say I, I kind of forgot about Sean McDermott. Um, I'd probably put him on my list. Uh, I, if you are, especially too, just in my lifetime, like the bills have been like up until now, they've been like the jets, like they suck. Um, and so now that they're good, um, yeah, that, that he was definitely somebody I overlooked. I'd probably put him on my list. Uh, one, just real quick aside. I understand the coin flip thing, but you got to play defense for 13 seconds. I'm sorry. I, I can't, I can't blame a coin flip for an overtime loss. I'm going to blame a coin flip for an overtime loss from the standpoint of did the chiefs play defense? Oh wait, they didn't have to because a coin toss said they didn't have to. Gabe Davis, who is now the hottest name in fantasy football, had like 200 yards and four touchdowns over the course of like what seemed like five minutes of real lifetime. I know it was longer than that. It was the entire game. But Gabe Davis, the like fourth string wide receiver on that Bills team behind Manny Sanders, Cole Beasley, and Stephon Diggs, fourth string guy behind Dawson Knox, the tight end, toasted you, toasted you for an entire, for three hours. But yeah, go ahead and sit here and tell me that just oh like them not playing defense. Also, they did all that without their number one corner. By the way, Tre'Davious White did not play in that game. So I, still think I, you I get play it. I, for <laughs> I get it. I I'm agree. Sorry, with you. I, I agree. They shouldn't have. They should have let it get to overtime. But at the same time, you that's I don't. I still don't agree with the overtime system. That's that's where my beef is. My beef isn't with yeah they shouldn't have let it happen. But the the coin flip is where my issue is. I agree with you, but. I disagree with the way that it's, it's all right. Some well, you know that well, and that's a whole topic for a, for a, a full show. So maybe we can do that next week. We can talk about Bill's Chiefs overtime and, and fix the <laughs> NFL overtime rules right right in time right in time for training camp to start. So, um, all right. So well, we've got our 
our top five, we got our number ones now. Uh, so am I the only one that's got Mike McCarthy as my number one coach? Shut up. <laughs> You're great. Hey, I'm pretty sure you and Jimmy had the same number one, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Mike McDaniel. Yes. Uh, no, I did. Uh, obviously, Sean McVay was – I'm assuming Nick used – yeah. And yep, I have Sean McVay as well. All the reasons Gage mentioned earlier. Uh, obviously, him possibly leaving, which is a very real thing. I do – I wonder if he is going to be coaching four or five years from now just because, as I mentioned, the – the TV contracts are so big. We saw what Tom Brady got. Sean McVay is very good at it. Um, so he could be tempted away from that, but what he can do on the offensive side of the ball, making Jared Goff look like a good quarterback to get a huge contract. He is an offensive genius. His coaching tree, as Gage mentioned, is everywhere. Zach Taylor probably should not be a coach, but got the team to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, he is, he's an offensive genius. Uh, he's, he's really good. He brings people on his team. The, uh, Staley hire that he got as defensive coordinator obviously paid off. Now he's the Chargers head coach, but he knows what he's doing. He's getting the stars on this team. People want to play there. One, because it's LA and it's beautiful weather. Two, because you have a great head coach and a great team. Um, and the Rams, we saw what they did under Jeff Fisher. And then the next year, Sean McVay completely turned it around. So uh, I definitely think he deserves to to start a franchise. Yeah, I've got him as number one as well. And I mean, uh, for all the reasons that you said, Jimmy, but one of the other reasons why I have them um, number one is, you know, we talked about with Bill Belichick, if you're starting a franchise, you know, one of the big things is how do you make your team relevant? And, you know, I know Los Angeles has changed a lot, but I mean, if you think about the city of Los Angeles and everything that they have out there, it is very easy to become very irrelevant very quickly. Um, and from moving, you know, they were out there at one point, they moved to St. Louis and they moved back. And, you know, like I said, with everything that's already out there, you know, how do you make the LA Rams relevant? Well, winning a whole lot of games and going to two Super Bowls in what, four years, that helps uh, five years. So, so, yep. So, but two Super Bowls in five years and you're constantly competitive. You've, have they missed the playoffs yet under McVay? I don't think they have. Um, I know his first year they lost to Atlanta. Then they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, they they lost to us two years ago. They were in the you know they won the Super Bowl this past year. So I mean, as far as it, since he's been there, you know he's made that team relevant in a city that is very easy to become irrelevant, like the LA Chargers, who are bad and they're irrelevant because. Well, they're, 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 they're coming up now a little bit with, with Justin Herbert, they've got things moving in the right direction. But I mean, even with that, I mean, you talk about, you know, it's completely apples and oranges between the Chargers and the Rams right now, as far as who's the more relevant team. So it's very easy to become irrelevant. Um, and he, he got the Rams to be very relevant in, in, like I said, in a city that's very hard to be relevant in. What a weird thing though, for like a city that is going to have, and even the Chargers last year, they weren't bad. They just... They obviously they fell short to the Raiders, but they have it's a city that doesn't have the most football fans right now. And they have two, one very good team and one team that's supposed to be very good. Like it's just like a weird that team should or that city should be absolutely packed with fans. But for some reason, I know they're they're newer to the city, but that that should be a dominant home game. But it's just not right now. But they have two good teams. They they missed the playoffs in his third season. Uh, Okay, they went nine and seven. Um, that was the year. So Green Bay 13 and three and the Saints also went 13 and three. Uh, then you had the Seahawks were 11 and five. They got the they were your first wild card team. Oh, the 49ers were also 13 and three that year. 
Um, so that was the year the 49ers went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Chiefs. Seahawks 11 and 5. Eagles won your uh, NFC East at 9 and 7. So, and the Rams were also 9 and 7. So they would have been, if it was a year later when there was another wild card team, they would have made it, but they came up short. Um, that was obviously Jared Goff was still the quarterback there. They yeah, had an sh- idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just, I happened to pull it up. Cause I was like, I, I was like, I feel like they missed the playoffs at some point, but that is why was uh, Jared Goff went had 22 touchdowns, 16 picks. They came up a bit short that year. Todd Gurley got hurt. Didn't even rush for a thousand yards. So, but yeah, no, Sean McVay, like I said, the only reason he's not one on my list is because he might leave. If you, that is the only reason I didn't have him one. And I already met, told you guys my one, it is Mike Tomlin. Um, Got Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell to look like normal human beings for the majority of their time in uh, Pittsburgh before they left, and then they couldn't exactly stick on a team anywhere else. The only reason that Antonio Brown stayed in Tampa Bay was so long was because Tom wanted him to be there. Tom, like you said, he has been – he's never had a losing season with Pittsburgh, and he's been there a long time. He's been there since 2007. Uh, he's 154, 85, and 2. Um, he's only eight and nine in the playoffs, but I'm not going to ding him too much for the last couple of years because Ben is Ben. He's got 10 playoff berths under his belt. Uh, seven times he's won the AFC North. He's gone to two AFC or one, two AFC championships. Uh, he's won a Super Bowl. Um, he's he 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 made the playoffs last year when I'm pretty sure all three of us could throw the ball further than Ben. That's the, so that's just he is the and he's also only 50 years old, too. So that's mm-hmm. another thing that I loved. And like I said, I almost forgot him when I was going through and I was like, wait a minute. No, you have to be on this list. You absolutely deserve to be on here. Um, so nothing but good things about Mike Tomlin. Um, he's got a great track record. Um, he has been around a long time. He is a great players coach, which I think that that was a big thing for all of us. All of us wanted guys that are good players coaches. I think Bill Belichick is the only one that's not really a players coach, but I think he's a players coach in a different way in that yeah. if he's bringing you into a system, you know that there's a plan for you. And so you can respect him in that way. But yeah, Tomlin, uh, I think, has been an underrated class of coaching over the last 15 years or however long he's been there because he just consistently shows up and wins. And that's Mm -hmm. all you want your coach to do. You have a guy with 15 years of experience, wins, was super young when he started, does everything you could ever want from him. And he's got a Super Bowl under his belt. So Agreed. Yep, absolutely. Uh, You know, as far as we're all concerned, you know, Mike Tomlin, two, two, and and one. So, uh, well, and you know, Gage, we said that we weren't gonna, you know, put a put a location on this. Well, I mean, we all know the the thirty third NFL team is going to be over in London, isn't that? Isn't that where our thirty third team is going to be going in the next, uh, you know, two three years? And then as soon, eventually, we'll have like thirty six teams. We'll have a complete division over overseas. Isn't that what's going to be happening? That is so dumb. It is, I cannot express how dumb that would be how dumb of a concept that is. It makes no sense to me. I don't understand why the NFL is. I get it. I get that there's a fan base over there, but stop. It doesn't work. It <laughs> doesn't work. You have to play every, every single one of their games has to be played at 9am to get maximum viewership. It has to, you, you just, it doesn't work. Also 33 teams doesn't work. You now have one, you're going to have one division out of eight that doesn't have the right balance. It doesn't work. You want to go ahead and make an NFL Europe like they had years and years ago. That's, that's another thing. That's fine. You want, and then at the end of the year, you want to have the NFL Europe champ play the NFL like regular champ. That's, that's cool. Gives you another game to monetize. You got all the NFL Europe games you can monetize. That's different, but you can't, you can't just add one team because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it... 
the NFL, I feel like, has had like the perfect setup for years. Like I thought 16 games was perfect. I thought six playoff teams was perfect. Um, and you know, now we have 17 games, which I think is stupid. Uh, you've got seven playoff teams in each division or each conference, which I think is stupid. The seven two matchups have been atrocious for the most part. And like, I'm sorry, like as like I'm gonna watch the Packers Giants game in London. I'm gonna be up for that. But like, and maybe it's just me as a fan. I don't like games at 9 a.m. Like, I don't want to be up at that time watching football. Like, it's just also, not we think it's bad for us. We're we're on. I'm on East Coast. That's not East Coast is 9 a.m. Like. That means if you let's say you live in California and you're a Packer fan, which that's 6 I know, a.m. Yeah, that's a six a.m. kickoff. Hey, you gotta yeah. start drinking sometime. Might as well do it at <laughs> six a.m. <laughs> Some of those people could watch the game and then go to church. Most of us are used to like the whole you go to church and then you go to and then you watch the game. No, they could watch the full game, watch post game coverage, watch post game interviews, and then still make it to late service. It doesn't. Bust. It's dumb. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. I know. So no, the whole and make it put it in put it in London. No, don't agree. I feel like that. Canada should be the next country to get a team. That, they Canada got the Toronto work. Raptors, Toronto, whatever baseball team they have. Like you might as well just the Blue put Jays. An NFL team out there. Blue Jays. Like here's the thing. Yeah, Canada would work, but at the same time, that's not where. I mean, again, 33 is the thing that messes with me the most. It's like it doesn't work. Also, we got to say we've been rambling for an hour. We can talk. Yeah, about I, was just, <laughs> I was just about to say it. So let me first say, if you are listening and you are still listening at this point, thank you. Like, truly, truly, thank you. We're over an hour into this thing. You're still listening to us ramble on here. Uh, you're you're the like true devoted fan to this podcast. So thank you. Um, real quick, guys, we'll wrap things up. Jimmy, people want to follow you, get in touch with your work. How can they do that uh follow me on twitter jimmy underscore c08 everything's on there all right engage real quick people follow you i want to follow you get in touch with your work how can they do that as always at tw- on twitter at g bridgeford nfl all of my work for all of my sites is over there all of the, everything that i work on nuggets packers fantasy football gambling whatever it's all going to be over there all right awesome and you can follow me on twitter at producer nick lb um guys we are like literally like 15 days away from training camp there's going to be Packers news galore in just a couple of weeks here. Um, we're almost there, guys. Preseason's right around the corner. It's going to be great. Stay tuned right here to the Pack-A-Day podcast. We'll keep you up to date on everything Packers going on, uh, leading into training camp, through training camp, through preseason, into the regular season. It's going to be a fun year. Um, so thank you for spending your Sunday with us. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, go Pack Go.